Hey there folks and welcome to episode 67 of the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast. My name's Rob Woods and this is the show for fundraisers who want ideas and maybe a nudge of inspiration to help you raise more money and enjoy your job, especially during the pandemic. And if you're a corporate fundraiser or a fundraising leader looking to build strategic, valuable partnerships with companies, then I hope you're going to find today's episode really interesting. Because today I'm sharing an interview I carried out recently with an excellent corporate fundraiser named Pippa Hind-Walsh, who I've had the privilege of getting to know over the last couple of years. She and her colleagues at Family Fund have put together a fabulous, valuable partnership with McCain Foods. In the interview, I was keen for you to hear about the journey that Pippa and her colleagues have navigated to build the partnership, including the tactics that she feels have been most helpful and the lessons she's learned along the way. Pippa Hind-Walsh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> Honoured to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for making time to this. I know you're extremely busy at the moment for various reasons, uh, but I, I've so wanted for quite a while to get a chance to talk to you so that our listeners and our viewers can hear some of the things you've been up to in the last two years, especially in terms of corporate partnerships, and hear some of the interesting lessons you've learned. Just before we get into the content, uh, your job title is Corporate Partnerships Manager, and you work for a fairly small charity called Family Fund. Have I got that bit right? Yep, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Great. And uh, I met you uh, quite a while ago. Uh, you joined Brightsport Members Club, and then you went on our Corporate Partnerships Mastery Program, and it's been a privilege to have various chats along the way about various things and occasionally to, to touch on this topic. Most of today's interview, I would like to be about this spectacular partnership that you and your colleagues have worked on over the last couple of years. To start us off, could you tell us top line, what is that partnership and roughly how does it work? Yeah, of course. Thanks, Rob, <laughs> for that introduction. Um, so, yeah, we uh, our new uh, partnership is with McCain Foods. Um, it's been a couple of years in the making, but you may have seen uh, some of it uh, on your TVs recently, things like that. So uh, it's a £1 million partnership uh, over three years. That's a £1 million donation from McCain themselves um, with any other uh, employee fundraising and any um, other um, public fundraising on top of that as well. Um, but alongside the incredible monetary donation that, that they're giving to us, um, they are also um, putting the partnership at the centre of their uh, marketing campaign at the moment. And um, so you may have seen uh, the dedicated uh, adverts on TV or heard them on the radio. There's also been lots of um, bits and bobs on social media. There's been uh, influencer uh, takeover on social media called Tea Time Takeover. They included celebrities such as Kimberly Walsh and Gok Wan. Uh, we also had some really, really lovely uh, short animations uh, uh, that focused on family stories of families that, that we've helped over the years. So it was three different stories that were animated and shown on Sky TV and voiced uh, by David Walliams, um, as well as the advert um, focusing on the partnership, which uh, features six of our families that we've helped uh, over the years. Um, and the final piece uh, to that puzzle as well is uh, that you might have seen in the freezers and you might even have in your own freezers, um, is the takeover packs. So uh, McCain have dedicated uh, a number of their uh, product packs to their partnership with Family Fund. Uh, we ran a competition for uh, the families that we had helped for the children to redesign the packaging. Um, and uh, yeah, our winner was 
a lovely young man called Charlie. So you'll have seen his his lovely uh, hand-drawn packs uh, with our logo uh, on. Well, congratulations to all involved, Pippa, and thanks for, for getting things started with the, with the top line shape of the thing. And uh, goodness me, these kinds of things are not sorted within three weeks. Uh, I, I know that um, in normal times, it would have taken a while to put this all together. And, and, and I think uh, you know, ha- happening as it did during the pandemic, that can only have slowed it down. Yeah. Uh, I would love to go on to find out about particular tactics or, or lessons learned, because lots of our listeners are aiming to do really ambitious things in their partnerships. But if, if they've not yet managed to do one, this, it's just uh, quite hard to get our heads around if these kinds of conversations are different from what companies are currently saying to them. So I would love to get onto that. But maybe the, the next thing is, could you give me a top line timeline for the stages it took to get to the point where you were able to go public with this partnership? Yeah, so uh, you're absolutely right, uh, Rob. It was a very long time in the making. Um, So we actually started initial conversations with McCain back in, it must have been spring 2019, the end of spring, beginning of summer 2019. Um, and we finally launched the partnership publicly in, uh, well, we, we started talking about the partnership in February uh, 2021 um, and with a with a full launch uh, in April uh, 2021. So, yeah, long time uh, to get to where, where we were. Uh, the initial conversations uh, took time as well. There was a period in the middle that did get frustrated by COVID as well, um, but I think a minimum time frame would have been 18 months anyway to get to where where we were with with the launch um so yeah the partnership started with um managing to get ourselves an initial meeting um with the marketing director um of of McCain now um it wasn't a charity of the year application and it was just us pushing through various connections and to be able to get get that meeting and I think you know that's one of the things that I've learned you know I bounced into this role very fresh and very enthusiastic and was like oh you know we'll contact companies and we'll you know they'll buy into what what we do and but what I've definitely learned over the last few years is to use any connections you have um, is absolutely key um, in order to get in front of the right people um, to, to be able to, to pull off these, these kind of partnerships. So, yeah, we were, after some persistence, we were very lucky to be able to, uh, to be invited to, to a meeting with the marketing director. You know, we really believed in the fit. We'd done a lot of research. Just to put it into context, um, McCain's brand for the last few years has been um, based on their We Are Family slogan. Um, you know, we are, we're Family Fund, a charity that puts families at the heart. Our mission is to improve the lives of families raising disabled and seriously ill children. It seemed like the perfect fit, really, and we really believed in it. So then it was a case of getting them <laughs> to believe in the fit. But absolutely for us, um, you know, we... We had lots of uh, smaller, very loyal and amazing small, smaller partnerships. And, um, you know, traditionally they'd sponsored things like black tie dinners, done their own fundraising events for us, got involved in, in various things. But this was the biggest scale partnership we we had ever gone for. Um, you know, it was, uh, it, it was part of a, a strategy re- refresh internally to be able to diversify our funding. Um, and this was our our first big big chance really um to to make a mark um so the we got the initial meeting we prepped for the initial meeting 
did lots and lots of research and it went well it went very well and um, but we did come away with some questions um you know probably one of the things i i learned um at that stage was that maybe we went in a little bit too technical <laughs> and not emotive enough with some of the information that that we put across but they after that meeting they were they were interested they could see the fit but they asked us some questions they sent us away with some challenges uh one of them was about diversity in general um, and how important that was to them and how could we fit into that as well as um some other things around their campaigns and what they wanted to focus on and so we took all that away and we we reworked our concepts uh we worked way that we were approaching the pitch Um, and I think the biggest change we made at that stage was putting family stories at at the heart of the camp of the the pitch you know time and time again in your in your training Rob you talk about the importance of stories and it is so true and this I mean this uh, pitch really really taught me that and all the way through stories are what what sell your charity Um, so uh, we we listened to to what they um, what, what they were looking for, and we tried to find appropriate stories. You know, we're very lucky that the variety of grants that we provide gives us quite a, a wide scope because you know we look at all aspects of of life and um, you know the sort of social model of, of, of disability. So we could we could look at grants that we provided that related uh, more closely to meal times um, and uh, uh, easing pressures for families um, uh, around that. We also uh, tried to create a visual um, as well and something uh, tangible to just bring it to life a a little bit more. So, you know, you talk about some very creative concepts in various podcasts, uh, Rob, and I'm not professing that this was very creative at all, but it was just something. And, you know, we had very... What was it? What So what was it that you left with them? Um, so we just had a very, very simple, nicely presented box. Um, I got our, um, our design manager to help me out because I am, you know, I am not blessed with creative <laughs> skills in that way. Um, and we just put together some family stories that, that were really, really relevant to what, what they were looking for on some like large cue cards with a picture um, of the child that we'd help with their grants and just a little bit of information about how we'd help them um, and, and how um, McCain supporting us could help us do more um, like that. And we just we just left the box with them afterwards and um it was funny later on through the process um, as we met more and more senior people throughout McCain and then um, we were assigned an, uh, an account manager um, every single one of them said, oh, the box landed on my desk. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just something really simple and it wasn't expensive to do. And so that that first meeting you did, you did listen, you had researched, then you did your best to listen as well as you could for what they might be looking for philanthropically and potentially also to do with their brand. Uh, and you had prepared some things and you were able to, to to give your view of where the money would go and how it might also be good for their brand. But at that stage, it was really just about what we have in common and how it might be good for each other rather than anything tactical about what this could turn into in the partnership yeah absolutely I mean we um we did put some concepts uh forward um of what it could maybe look like but I think we were always keen to be um to be flexible and open-minded uh, obviously there's an amount of internal managing you have to do around that as well um but yeah we were very 
very aware that um that they they would have um their own priorities and their own agenda you know we we went into this without any kind of brief so uh, we had to be quite um quite general in our concepts initially um and you know uh, all the way through i guess help them visualize what it would look like to be our partner but yeah we had we did an enormous amount of research before we went in um you know we uh we researched uh, their brand, their previous branding, uh, their adverts, um, tried to sort of really get under their skin and understand them and understand what they were about and what's important to them. Um, looked at their, uh, their previous charity preferences, although they'd never had like a big charity partner before, they'd, they'd always been quite active um, through various customers um, that, that they have, corporate customers that they have through their charities um, and, um, you know, through food waste and, and things like that. Um, we also uh, researched their competitors because, you know, we were aware we're, we're meeting the marketing director. There's going to be an element of that's a problem for him. So, um, you know, what could we learn about their competitors and what they've done, whether that's around charity partnerships or um, other kind of branding and, um, yeah, where, where they sit. And also researched who we were meeting, um, I think is a, is a massive part of it. And just remembering, I think it's very easy. I remember, you know, various times when we were put, putting this presentation together and it's very, very nerve wracking and you feel like, oh, you know, I just come from this, this small unknown charity. And, you know, these are very clever marketing people. They seem very scary, but actually they are just people. And, um, you know, one of the concepts you teach in the mastery course is the, the jolt analysis and actually doing that, is is really useful um, and you know remembering that these people they have families themselves they a lot of them have kids themselves so how can you bring that to life in a way that's that's meaning it's meaningful for them hey it's rob and i thought i'd jump in really quickly in case you'd like to get a deeper level of training and coaching support than is possible in these short podcast episodes if so a couple of options to think about are firstly our bright spot members club which is our training and inspiration site for fundraisers of all disciplines. And secondly, our mastery programs, which are our three flagship half-year programs in corporate, in major gifts, or in individual giving, respectively. But rather than have me explain them, I thought it would be more interesting if you could hear from Pippa about how the club and the corporate mastery program have helped her. I've been a member of Bright Spot Members Club for a couple of years now, and also attended Rock's mastery course. It's been amazingly helpful for me all the way through. Uh, had lots of different things to, to juggle um, as I've been going and uh, I was new to, to the role a couple of years ago. So having the members club and all the resources on the members club there to refer to and to help me and to help my confidence was amazing. It's been it's been a huge source of support for me. You know, sometimes fundraising can be a bit of a lonely world, especially if you work for a small fundraising team. People have different areas of expertise. Uh, having uh, that resource to, to, to go to, to to give you inspiration and to help you out and to grow your confidence is, is huge. Um, but also having that community and the chance to meet other amazing fundraisers who are probably going through the same challenges as you um, and that you can bounce your, your ideas off is, is absolutely key. If you'd like to hear more about the Bright Spot Members Club, the Corporate Mastery Programme, or any of our other training programmes or team days, go to brightspotfundraising.co.uk forward slash services. For now though, Back to the interview, as I asked Pippa to explain how she prepared for their second meeting with McCain. We did a lot of work around um, 
what stories we could we, we could present to them that really fitted with what what they were asking us. Um, we tried to relate that back to um, to some of their their branding um, and the We Are Family campaign and, and meal times, just making it a little bit more streamlined um, for them. And yeah, the more research we did. Uh, and the more we altered our, our concepts, the more we believed in in the the partnership as well, which I think really, really helped. By the time we went back in, we were like, this is a really good partnership. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like yet, but this is how we could work together. This is how our brands could, could look well together. This is some of the scope of things we could do, but absolutely you guys are the experts in, in this side. Let's work together. Let's see, let's see where, where we can get basically. So, so the second meeting was very much about going back and answering their concerns and the questions that, that they'd asked. Um, but then also just continuing to, to inspire um, and, and use those stories. Everybody at every stage was just really, really keen to hear the stories. You know, I mentioned it before, but it was, it, it seemed to really bring it home to them and really make them understand what, what we were about. You know, every time we talked about, we give this many grants, we, you know, we answer this many phone calls, all of this, they were like, oh, yeah, 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 you know. But it was the stories that really got them. And I remember sharing a story that um, one of our families, she'd, uh, she'd done a speech at one of our Black Tie dinners and she kindly let me uh, read it out on her behalf at, at this workshop. And, you know, some of them have got tears in their eyes when she was, she. I mean, I probably didn't do it anywhere <laughs> just as, as she did. But, um, you know, and she just talked about some of the day-to-day uh, challenges um, that, that she has. And um, and I think also just bringing it back to, uh, to to reality for people of you know in terms of what what we stand for you know what and the families that we help this could happen to anybody and I think bringing that home to people was was really really important and bringing the the concept of of how helpful these grants are um, home to people uh, was was really important. So we, we did this exercise that was basically, again, really simple. Um, that was just a picture of an item that we granted. So, you know, either a white good or a, a food processor or an iPad or something like that. And just said to people, what is this? <laughs> and some people try to be clever and they're like, oh, it's a, you know, it's such a, other people are just like, well, it's a blender. <laughs> but actually, you're then telling the child's story through that of, yes, it's a blender, but for that child, that was the first time that they'd ever been able to eat the same meal as the rest of the family because they're on a liquid diet that has to, um, has to be so fine to be able to go through the tubes that a standard blender can't blend to that level you have to have a very expensive blender to be able to do that but this family don't have the money to be able to afford that so this blender has actually changed their life because it's the first time that the child can ever eat the same meal as everybody else it's not just pre-prepared specialist food it's the first time they've ever been able to go out for dinner as a family together and the child be able to pick something off a menu um you know and all those those things that um that opens up uh, for, for families and it, it was that that really really hit home I think um, for, the, for, for the people that, that were in front of us. And so Pippa uh, after that, that workshop that you did with various people from both sides sounds like a real step forward in getting closer to what the partnership actually would end up 
becoming. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened next and, and how did you move it along? Yeah, so there were various other meetings after that, um, lots of different people involved. Um, and basically, uh, between McCain and the agencies, uh, drew up some concepts of what they um, what they ideally um, would would like to do with us um, to, to fit this into um, their their brand and, and their campaign and what could we you know was this possible with us what could we do what couldn't we do um, and how could how could we support that and it became I think in that workshop and um, I was just talking about it became very clear very quickly that they really wanted to invest everything into this partnership they wanted to put it at the heart of their marketing campaign this wasn't just a sideline it was it was a real strategic part partnership. So we had several meetings, several concept meetings, lots of backwards and forwards. Obviously, at that point, the world started changing. So after a couple of face-to-face meetings, um, everything then uh, became virtual and over teams. And um, yeah, it was just it was just a case of um, working working together, understanding. Um, everybody's uh you know boundaries and possibilities um what what could be done dreaming big how could we stretch this how could we support each other um and yeah went went from there really with it it's uh, it feels like a lot happened very quickly <laughs> but lots of things developed as as we went and um you know we went from having an agreed uh, um donation and what the partnership had maybe looked like to that growing as we went on as pe- more and more people bought into um what what we did and how much of a difference they, they could make um and you know how they could um help us in terms of um you know, not just the money that they were donating, but also by giving our families a platform, um, you know, and, and shining a light on um, and heroing our families um, through through their campaign. Um, so, so yeah, through through that, it went from having um, having the the takeover packs was like the, the first big thing for us, and we were like, that's amazing, you know, <laughs> the kind of exposure we're going to get from that. And then there was uh, talk of the advert, and we were like, that's even more amazing, like you know, that kind of we would never spend that amount of money on marketing to have that opportunity to have our logo on TV on primetime TV was just incredible for for us Um, and then the you know the concepts continued to to develop with the the animations and with the um you know the the the, um social media um influencer side of things and you know hopefully there will be more growth throughout the 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 rest of the partnership this is a partnership for for another two years Um, so there's lots of scope for further further things to to do together we you know it's a constant it's a constant partnership constantly working on things together um, and understanding each other's challenges and successes and everything else Uh, one thing i would observe and i've seen this in every strategic partnership really valuable strategic partnership i've studied which is what you ended up doing was really different from what either of you could possibly have talked about or designed on the first meeting Mm -hmm. but what you did manage to do was a get your foot in the door and have a conversation b have that be productive enough for both parties that the the main thing from the start is you could have this sense of commonality we have common goals 
there's loads of reasons why we should meet again. But yeah. somehow you resisted the pressure charities often feel at this point to start talking about money. Yeah. And I don't know if on this occasion your prospective partner asked you, well, well, how much do you do you want? I sense they might not have done. But given how often charities can feel under pressure early to put a number, a transactional number on, my view is that's never going to work because if the end up partnership is so different from what you think it might be at the start, how can you possibly put a number on it from the start anyway? But what advice would you have for a, a, a charity that is wants to have or is having some initial valuable conversations with a partnership that might suit them, but they're feeling under pressure to commit too early to what it looks like and or especially commit too early to how much money are you looking for us to donate? What, what would you say? Yeah, I, and absolutely. You know, that was me two, two and a bit years ago. You know, we were agonising over valuing this partnership. What, what should we value it at? You know, how, what should we ask for? We don't want to over-ask and scare them away. We don't want to under-ask and um, undervalue ourselves. Um, but, but, yeah, I think it, what we really took away was they – they bought into to the fit in the same way that, that we we believed in it and in order for a partnership to be really really successful it's about that you don't know all the answers you don't know their brand inside out they don't know our brand inside out let's work together and work out the the best way um of of being as effective as possible um you know remember that it isn't just about money necessarily the money is obviously amazing and there's a lot there's a lot of pressure uh, around that but for us there's, there was also an enormous amount of added value in the marketing that, that, that they were offering that kind of in-kind giving um you know it's absolutely a benefit for them um because it, it it's you know their marketing campaign it builds their brand it strengthens their brand of how they want to be perceived but also there's a benefit there's a huge benefit to us as well because it's something that we wouldn't be able to do without that partnership um but yeah just just remembering that that there's value for both um on on, on both sides and um yeah just just don't feel pressured to <laughs> to put to put a value on it the best I think the best partnerships absolutely come through through negotiation. And it is a very real risk, isn't it? If you're any size of charity, but especially if you're a smaller charity, a major risk is to not fully comprehend just how valuable we might be to the other party. I think um, on my courses, people often worry that if they're not a well-known charity, a corporate they might not be they won't be valuable to a company because look how we've got a tiny audience we've got no audience to bring to them whereas as i understand it for for you mccain weren't talking to you because of who your audience were but because of what you represent the yeah. story of, of of the kinds of families you help not how many you help or not how many you support supporters you help whereas mm -hmm. it's it's what you represent yeah. They really wanted to, A, help that, but B, they understood that it's valuable for them to be helping that and that their customers would be pleased with them you know, yeah. and would appreciate that. And therefore, I think that's a different understanding of, of um, the strengths and weaknesses of the size of a charity. Have I got that broadly right in your case? Absolutely. Yeah, it was 
you know, in, in the workshops, we, we did, we looked at, at who their target audience um, is as well. And yeah, we talked about, oh, you know, we've got this many <laughs> followers on Facebook and things like that. But that's absolutely not what they were interested in. Um, you know, lots of companies do lots of research about their customers, what their customers care about, um, their, you know, buying habits. We all know about cookies and things like that. Um, and they had they they have an idea in their mind of who their target audience is and who their customers are and who they want to expand to um, and they absolutely buy into a concept of this is something that would talk to to our audience you know if um if a company is a family brand then they're going to want to partner with something that's similar that speaks to that family brand side of things and um, you know in the same way that if it's a eco brand and um, then they're going to want to um uh, partner with it with, with a charity that, that speaks to their their customers in in the same way um, and yeah that's absolutely you know two years ago we were like, oh, well, our audience is really, really small. But I think once we realise that actually it's not about that, it's about what we stand for and it's about how we can add value to the people that that any company wants to target, that's how we then hone down who we wanted to approach. And Pippa, so yes, one of the hardest things is, you know, however well the negotiations are going and both parties can see this is really going to happen, it's going to be great. But sooner or later, you still need to put a number on it somehow. Do you have any tips for how we might do that? Yeah, I mean, um, firstly, dream big. <laughs> you know, I we did we did a lot of research into um, other charity partnerships, other big charity partnerships, um, similar sized brands, um, and what their partnerships look like. Um, and you know, we did come. To, to the number that we thought was maybe dreaming a little bit too big. But at that point, I guess we built up the relationship enough to feel a bit more confident to go back with that. And, you know, you get you get those insights as you go from them as well of what they're trying to, to achieve. Um, but, yeah, we did, we did lots and lots of research into what, if we had a magic wand, what would we like this partnership to look like? Um, you know, you look at all the, the big ones out there, like, you know, Age UK and Cadbury's, that was a big source of inspiration um, for, for us. Um, and yeah, just just doing that research, doing the research of um, various brands and, and you know, lo- looking at others that, that are similar to them within the sector as well. Um, and um, yeah, just just starting starting somewhere that you feel comfortable but that is uh you know definitely dream big <laughs> there's no reason that you can't uh as as you say in one of your other podcasts uh, rob punch above your weight <laughs> yeah. yeah well you've you've clearly done done that in terms of the various challenges that come with this time there are many aren't there and there would be for a larger charity but especially for a smaller charity this time frame and how much resource it must have been taking up long before there was money to show for it to help pay for your services that's yeah. always a tough thing isn't it for a corporate or a major gifts fundraiser to be doing all the right things for something that absolutely seems like jam tomorrow yeah. you've still got to fill in you know your this quarter's target and and what how much you've raised so uh in terms of that risk and those, handling those internal conversations or any other of the difficult risks, what would you say you learned? 
Yeah, a, a massive thing is for me was just communication. Like it's all about communication on both sides. You know, building the relationship with um, with your, your, your corporate partner and and perhaps your, your account manager there, so that you um, you know I, I got to a position where. Um, I've got a really great relationship with the with the account manager so I could have some honest conversations with her of um, you know we might find this a challenge or we we might find this aspect of it a challenge but you know how can we work together to try and you know achieve that um, but selling it in internally as well is a massive effort this was the biggest uh, partnership that um, you know we we'd ever come across the uh you know there's lots of lots of other risks involved in involved in it especially when we started talking about putting families really at the heart of the campaign that was a massive step change in terms of risk um in internally you know we'd always championed family voice and trying to get our family's voices heard but it was on a much much smaller scale <laughs> than national tv and radio and uh you know influencers was even you know for 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 me was like a a big area of you know we need to learn about this we need to understand the risks but we also need to be bold um because you know a big thing for me is yeah there's a risk of doing things but there's also a risk of not doing things and you should take those opportunities um so we just I just had to be super organized really and look at try and listen to people's concerns and keep keep the channels of communication open uh, understand who the key people were that I needed on board you know this was a massive team effort yes I'm the only corporate partnerships manager there but a lot of the work that we did um, in the build-up to the campaign was family focused so actually our communications team were a massive support to me you know I couldn't I couldn't have done this they, they were basically the um uh, the 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 bridge between um McCain and the families um, and managing all, all of that um you know and they've they've got other pressures that, that they've got to fulfill you know life isn't just about this partnership in the charity it was the biggest thing to ever happen to us but there's also a lot of other pressures especially in COVID so, you know there's lots of lots of other things going on so um yeah just just having having regular meetings setting out uh exactly what what we're talking about giving people opportunity to uh, you know raise concerns and ask their questions and then um managing that back um you know big thing i learned was a lot of fear um and in, inflexibility around risk in organizations comes from a lack of knowledge and a lack of understanding so actually if you keep those those lines of communication open then it, it's a lot easier to to, to manage those things and, and be flexible um, and then achieve something beyond your wildest dreams. Well, I think it's a truly brilliant partnership, Pippa. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast to, to explain about this journey and some lessons we could take from it. I look forward to staying in touch. For now, best of luck with your fundraising and I will catch up with you soon. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, bye. <laughs> Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing Pippa's stories and insights. If so, we've got lots more sessions planned. So please remember to subscribe to the podcast today so that you never miss an episode. If you'd like a full transcript and a summary of today's episode, go to the podcast section of our website, which is brightspotfundraising.co.uk. And if you're interested in improving your skills and confidence in corporate fundraising, please do check out the Corporate Mastery Programme. To find out more, 
go to brightspotfundraising.co.uk forward slash services and then click on the page for corporate mastery or indeed the Brightspot Members Club or any of our other training options. Before we finish, I'd like to say a heartfelt thank you to everyone who's been spreading the word about this show to colleagues and on social media. I really do appreciate your help in getting this content out there this year of all years. And we'd love to hear what you think about today's episode. We're both on LinkedIn and on Twitter, I am at Woods underscore Rob. Finally, thank you so much for listening today. And I look forward to sharing more Bright Spot examples and ideas with you very soon. <laughs>